1: Welcome to Regularly Scheduled Programming, where we watch stuff and talk about it. I'm Joe. And I'm Ashley. And uh, you can email us at RegularlyScheduledPod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at RegularlyScheduledPod. You can come hang out with us on Twitter on RSPPod. Or you can find us on Facebook at podcasts.
0: All right, let's start with some news-type things. Okay. The biggest one for me, and I think you, is we have a release date for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series.
1: Super excited about I, that.
0: I am stoked. Obi-Wan Kenobi, favorite character in all of Star Wars. He's been my favorite since I first saw him in A New Hope. Um, I read the Obi-Wan Kenobi book that was released that is now technically not canon, uh, and it right. was really good. Uh, I'm not sure what to expect from this series, especially considering that they have uh, said that uh, Hayden Christensen's coming back as Vader also. So I'm really interested to see how Vader is involved in the show, because it definitely seems like they haven't seen each other uh, for 20 years until they see each other on the Death Star.
1: Right. I'm really interested to see how they do that without completely blowing up existing canon.
0: I don't know if it would blow it up, but it would just be like, oh, they gave no indication that they saw each other five years ago.
1: (laughs) Just conveniently left that out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It also comes out on the 40th anniversary of the release date of Star Wars. Yes. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I am beyond excited for this series, um, especially just given how good the series have been that they've made. The Mandalorian is good. We'll talk about Boba Fett, but I did ultimately enjoy it. See, so, yeah, I don't know if we said, but it is coming out on May twenty fifth of this year. And yeah, I'm just I'm excited beyond words.
1: Me too. Can't wait. It's in our calendar. We're we're ready to go.
0: And then you wanted to talk about light year.
1: I did. Um super excited since I first saw Chris Evans tease this on his um, Instagram. And uh I have Chris Evans set up for notifications. <laughs> so I saw he posted the light year trailer and I immediately ran in um and was like we have to watch this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really interested. It looks great all on its own, but I'm actually really interested to see Now granted there is there are fan theories that connect all of the Pixar movies. But like I don't know of, a situation where we've had a movie with a toy character in it based on something fictional as far as we know and right. then they're making a show based on that character but not the toy figure it's like an actual guy in space <laughs> I'm, i mean like i said it looks good all on its own no connection to toy story or, or that world in general But I am really interested to know if it's going to touch on that in some way or if it's just like, nope, this is just a thing we're doing. You do not need to concern yourself with anything else that has happened.
1: Right. Or like, is this a TV show based on Buzz Lightyear? Like, are we watching a show within a show? They're going to
0: Galaxy Quest it. He's a guy that plays Buzz Lightyear and then gets pulled (laughs) into space uh, to help with an actual issue.
1: Well, Tim (laughs) Allen was in that Galaxy Quest movie, right?
0: That movie is amazing.
1: Um, and then me personally, I mean, I'm just going to be sitting there trying not to be turned on by Buzz Lightyear the whole time.
0: (laughs) Me too. (laughs) It is America's ass.
1: It is America's ass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So next, another trailer we watched, uh, a trailer for The Atom Project came out, which I knew nothing about until I saw that there was a trailer for a movie with Ryan Reynolds. And I love Ryan Reynolds. I like just about everything I've seen him in. Actually, I think I have liked everything I've seen him in. I don't think I've seen everything he's done. But he always makes fun movies, and I like him as an actor.
1: I feel like he's made a lot of movies like really close together, and they've all been pretty good.
0: Yeah. Uh, this one is... So, Ryan Reynolds... I don't know much about what the plot is is actually going to be. But what we do know from the trailers, it seems like Ryan Reynolds plays a time traveler of sorts and he travels back in time and uh, is interacting with his younger self and his younger self gets pulled along on whatever it is that he's doing. And they also get his dad who's played by Mark Ruffalo. Great cast scene. And they go on some kind of adventure or something. Not exactly sure what, but it looked good that, I mean, it looked like the kind of movie I like.
1: Yeah, it definitely looked like something that is fully uh, in our wheelhouse of things to watch. Ryan Reynolds, Mark Ruffalo, time travel looks like an interesting story. Um, Again, we don't know anything about it. I thought I read something on Twitter that it might be based on a book, but I have no idea for sure. Um,
0: Yeah, and I'm not much of a reader, so.
1: (laughs) Right, I'm the reader. And then I tell you about the books. <laughs> I think like with Ryan Reynolds, we both watch him in things that we don't know anything about. Like that movie Free Guy. Um, we didn't really know anything about that.
0: Well, I did. I, I saw the trailers and I knew what the premise was. You went into it completely blind. That's that's right. Which I'm almost positive we watched the trailers together. but
1: You know, I forget things, <laughs> <laughs> clearly. <laughs> but uh, I always feel like... I feel like Ryan Reynolds is constantly a hit for both of us. So if I see him in a movie, I'm probably going to be more likely to watch it.
0: Yeah. Um. Lastly, we got uh, we got a drop of some uh images from the Amazon Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power series. I think they look great.
1: I think they look wonderful. Uh, I really cannot wait for this series.
0: Yeah, I'm excited just for the simple fact that I've been saying for a long time we need more fantasy media um you know amazon just recently did wheel of time and we both loved that show
1: that was so good also we had no frame of reference for this show uh for the wheel of time and we both were just instantly hooked it was so good
0: (laughs) yeah uh but yeah the lord of the rings series it looks i mean the 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 screenshots that we got look good i know little to nothing about like the era that this takes place in so i'm excited to just learn more about the world i know i think they're taking pieces from the cimmerillion and uh at least taking inspiration from the cimmerillion and then creating full stories based on the the tidbits of information that are in there not that the cimmerillion is uh light reading but
1: no i mean i did you read lord of the rings i can't remember no
0: i only read the hobbit
1: right so we both again not much of a reader we both read the hobbit actually i read it in the class that we met in uh, in high school (laughs) Um, and then i just never could get into lord of the rings and i have a history of being bad with fantasy reading in general Um, but i do love the lord of the rings movies and uh, I'm like you, I'm really excited to just get more fantasy and anything in a world that like expands the world, especially with like it, I saw Elrond. So that's a, yeah, character a young we, Elrond. Yeah. So that's a character we kind of already know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. I like that expansion.
0: Yeah, it's it's I think it's going to be interesting. And based on what original programming I have seen from Amazon, I think it'll be good. I really hope so. Okay, well, that's it for the news pieces that we wanted to uh, bring up. Do you want to talk about what you've been watching?
1: Yeah, so as I mentioned last week, I'm kind of a, I don't want to say reality junkie because it's not the only thing I watch, but it definitely takes up the bulk of what I watch all by myself. Um, and this week I just, oh my gosh, I have to comment on something that is so bad in like The Bachelor and a couple of the other reality shows I watched, like Married at First Sight, and now it seems Love is Blind. But it's like, if I have to hear them kissing, it just drives me crazy. It's like you have the ability to, to cut out that sound. It's like a choice. You're leaving that sound in. because in well, like, maybe,
0: maybe these reality shows are just breaking into the world of ASMR.
1: Oh, God. I don't know who would like that in ASMR.
0: There's some weird things in that. <laughs> sphere of influence
1: but like so another reality show i watch is the new joe millionaire which i really really like um and they they show them kissing but they're not making the noise like they cut it out and i'm just i'm excited to watch that show because i know i'm not going to be cringing through the kissing (laughs) like i don't mind seeing it but i don't want to hear it and then another thing that really bothered me on reality TV this week is, like, both on Married at First Sight and Love is Blind this week. um, It showed the couples, like, like in uh, Married at First Sight, they're on their honeymoons. And Love is Blind, the last couple episodes that they've shown have been, like, also these couples on their, they don't call it a honeymoon because they're just engaged. They haven't gotten married yet. But they, like, go on this, like, trip to get to know each other better. And they're showing them, like, in their hotel rooms. And every way in both of those shows they show intimacy is to show them, like, brushing their teeth together.
0: Which is weird for us because we don't do that.
1: We do not do that. And so I'm watching this and I'm like, is this what other married couples do? (laughs) Like, are we the weird ones? I
0: don't know. Maybe we are. It's, uh... I think we've heard before that it's weird that we don't go to the bathroom in front of each other.
1: (laughs) I know. And for me, I'm just like, I don't. It's not something I need. No. And like, please bear in mind, we have been together for almost 17 years. No, we've been together for more than 17 years. Almost almost 17 and a half. And so we are not a new couple. We're firmly in that comfort zone, but we just don't. We don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, maybe it's one of those things that it's like, oh, I would never do that. And I'm like, then I feel like maybe I'm the weird one.
0: <laughs> for me, the brushing the teeth thing isn't that weird. Like, I understand what you what you're getting at that they they're showing it. And that's the way they are visually showing intimacy between the two people. But for me, it's like, I don't get that because I would brush my teeth next to just about anybody. Right. And for me, I'm I would just do like, it. I, we just don't.
1: Yeah. And for me, I'm just like, I don't. I don't know why I just don't like people watching me brush my teeth or like, I think it's the spitting that I specifically don't like. It's just, ugh. <laughs> anyways.
0: Uh, was there anything else that you watched this week? Yeah. Without me? So
1: another thing I really wanted to talk about this week was euphoria. Uh, again, a show that I watch that Joe does not watch. Um, it was this really interesting episode, pretty much fully centered around Rue, which is the character played by Zendaya, and her family kind of stages an intervention, and it really shows, like, the level of addiction that her character is in. Uh, Like, almost every episode of that show, it was, like, peak anxiety for the viewer because she... She's screaming, she's yelling, she's crying, she's apologizing. She's saying the most horrible things to her family and her loved ones. She jumps out of a car on the way to the hospital. Um, like and to get away?
0: So was she like on her way to rehab?
1: Yeah, and she's okay. like, she jumps out to get away and it's like a real life episode of Frogger. <laughs> um, And then she goes to her previous dealer whose name is fesco and um he like sees that she's fully messed and he was like get the hell out of here essentially and like carries her out of his house
0: so just out of curiosity i don't know how much of a difference it makes but i am just wondering what is her drug of choice
1: anything and everything it seems like like lately it's been like i think they mentioned cocaine uh pills stuff like that fentanyl Uh, which, I mean, Fennel's crazy dangerous.
0: (laughs) So was it, was it this week or last week that Dare issued their statement about the show? And did we talk about, did you talk about that at all?
1: I don't think I did. I think it was, I don't know if it was shortly after this episode aired or shortly before, but basically Dare, um, Released a statement saying that the show glamorizes well, they felt addiction. The well, they felt the show glamorizes addiction. Glamorized. And what I will just say is if anyone feels that way, look up season two, um, I think it was episode five, um, and it, it does not glamorize addiction. Like, if anybody watched that episode and was like, wow, I really want to be an addict, I would have questions about that. Um, but anyway, so she it's basically like I said it's basically about her um she ends up going so she had this suitcase full of drugs because she was going to sell drugs to fund her addiction and her family flushed the suitcase and it's I think it was like ten thousand dollars worth of drugs so she goes to this woman's house I believe her name is Lori um I'm not quite sure of her character if that's her character's name or the actress's name but either way that woman is the best psychopath I have ever seen on TV because she is so calm and like just very much like, don't worry, I'll take care of you. Um, She does casually drop in that like there are ways for her to get her money and that she's a beautiful girl. And then um, Rue is like firmly in like this withdrawal state and... Lori is like okay I can help you but I only have like intravenous drugs and it's morphine but then you see her later open the suitcase and it has all these other drugs in it so she injects she puts rue in the bathtub and she injects her with the stuff and we have no idea what happens to her in that like in that time where she's like fully passed out but she's like she wakes up in a bed she eventually escapes that woman's apartment because she's locked in. Yeah, it's just... Like I said, if anyone watches that and thinks that that glamorizes addiction, I have no idea why. And then the last thing I want to say, which I know I've gone on and on about euphoria, but...
0: That's all right. It just makes my job easy sitting here.
1: <laughs> um, There is... a a character named Cassie and she's been sleeping with this girl Maddie's boyfriend and finally after a few episodes she found out and tomorrow night's episode looks like so this girl Maddie has a tape of Nate's dad who is the guy who had his dick out in the last episode
0: (laughs) that's how he will forever be referenced on this show
1: Well, I mean it's Eric Dane I could just say that um but She has a video of him having sex with Jules, who is uh, Rue's maybe girlfriend still. I'm not really sure. Um, And so I believe she's going to use that as some sort of blackmail, it looks like, from the trailer. But I'm really kind of excited that she knows now because I think it's going to make a really interesting story. So... I think I'm done talking about (laughs) Euphoria, finally.
0: (laughs) Uh, Was that it for what you watched?
1: I mean, we both watched some Olympics. Yeah. Um, We did
0: watch um, the men's short form figure skating.
1: Oh my God, Nathan (laughs) Chin.
0: Yeah, Uh, it was was pretty amazing. What did they say is the highest score ever achieved in that event? mm -hmm. And he blew the previous one out of the water by like two points or something like that. He'll probably hold it's that record crazy. for a while.
1: Oh, yeah. um, I really, I watch a lot of YouTube. Um, I really like uh, Kelsey and Picha K. Sims videos, so I watch a lot of that. Um, other than that, I think, I mean, I don't know, I'm watching How I Met Your Father. I have no firm opinions on it yet. Other than the fact that I really like Hillary Duff, so that's about it. And I'm really hoping that It doesn't end in the same way that How I Met Your Mother ended.
0: All right. Is it my turn now?
1: It's your turn. Okay. You're
0: done with your synopsis? I
1: am fully done.
0: (laughs) Uh, So this past week, I watched um, an animated series called Arcane. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about it, uh, about the animation style and the quality and how good the story is and everything. So I wanted to give it a shot because I really enjoy animation. I've only uh, watched the first two episodes, and I'm interested, but I wouldn't say that I'm hooked as of yet. Uh, The animation is gorgeous. The voice acting is really good. Uh, So Arcane is a story that I believe is based on League of Legends. I'm not exactly sure what the crossover is between the two, but um, so far it's interesting. I'm not 100% sold on like being excited about watching it, but I'm going to keep watching it to see if it happens because a couple of people uh, I've seen online said like they were a few episodes in and not really understanding what all the hype was. And then by the time they finished it, they fully got it.
1: I feel like that happens with a lot of shows though, especially ones that are like all completely laid out, ready to binge. I feel like it always kind of starts off slow and then it ramps up.
0: Well, for me, especially with bingeable shows or shows designed to be binged, which is, you know, shows that drop a full season all at once. One of my issues is you I hear and see all these people hyping it up immensely. It's like it's so amazing. It's so great. So I unconsciously go in with this expectation that the first episode is just going to knock me on my ass. And that doesn't always happen. That's why I am willing to give a show a little bit to see if it builds and grows on me. But I am very susceptible to overhype with a lot of things.
1: We both are.
0: Um, so, yeah, other than Arcane, which I am still interested in, um, but not 100% sold on it just yet. Well, keep uh, us informed. <laughs> uh, I also watched the final season of Lost in Space on Netflix, which is good. That show. So I, I watched the first two seasons, I think last year. I just sat down and watched it. I was interested in it. I, I wouldn't say like I'm a huge fan of the original series. I remember watching it and enjoying it. I haven't looked at it since I was since it was on like Nick at Night, uh, and I would watch it with my mom. But I remember enjoying it. I loved the the pulpy, uh, aspect, the pulpy sci-fi aspect of this show and this idea that they're hopping from planet to planet and each planet pro- uh, provides its own dangers and adventures and hijinks and whatnot so i was like okay they're modernizing it but i originally was checking out because i was interested to know are they going with something completely modernized where it's going to be this suspenseful action-based series sci-fi series or were they going to touch on the pulpiness in my opinion it is a modernized suspenseful action-based sci-fi and that is not necessarily a bad thing it just means that for the first couple of episodes i had to realign my expectations on the show and it's good it's The storytelling is kind of, it's, I don't think there's anything in that show that's going to blow anybody's mind when they see it revealed. But at the same time, it's all done pretty well. I like all the characters. Nobody annoyed me or anything like that. Um, But it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'd suggest checking it out if you're interested in sci-fi. It's a good watch. And it's only three seasons.
1: Well, and sometimes that's nice when you're watching a show and there's no like, gotcha moments. Or twists and turns. Like, there's nothing wrong with a show like that. We both like them. But at the same time, sometimes it's nice just to be like, I just want to be in the same room as these characters for a while.
0: Yeah, and uh, like I said, it's it's definitely a good watch. It's not the best show. I don't know if I'll ever have the urge to go back and rewatch it. Maybe if you were interested in it, um, I'd sit down and watch it with you. But, I mean, it's, it's fine.
1: I don't think I've ever watched a single anything of lost in space
0: even the what is it early 2000s late 90s movie with matt leblanc no i i actually like that movie
1: (laughs) (laughs) it just um very much was not raised to like anything i don't know science fiction maybe other than star wars yeah so like it just wasn't in my house you know Um, unless you consider like starship troopers, (laughs) sci-fi,
0: um, it is sci-fi and it's wonderful,
1: (laughs) but it was just not a thing in my house and it's nothing that I seeked out on my own until much later.
0: Yeah. The uh, other thing I watch, and that's just because it came back this last week is star Trek discovery. Uh, so late last year, early this year, I, uh, caught up on all of star Trek discovery. I don't even remember what season they're in. Is it season four? whichever and then i finished i caught got fully caught up a couple weeks ago so i had to wait for the show to come back because they released weekly and this is another one. i'm a big star trek fan oh uh, well i'm a huge next gen fan i absolutely adore star trek the next generation i've seen a handful of episodes from the original series and it just doesn't do it for me uh i've seen a lot of uh voyager a little bit of deep space nine i Really like the J.J. Abrams movies. Um, So, you know, more Star Trek, I'm willing to give it a shot. This was another one where, when I started watching it, I realized I kind of had to realign my expectations of the series. Because the first season definitely does not feel like Star Trek. It's much more of an action series in the first season. They they do touch on some Star Trek-esque elements and whatnot. But it's about them being at war, essentially. And... Not saying that that doesn't happen in Star Trek because it does happen, but the way they handle it and they go about it and the way they depict it is very much more modernized action sci-fi storytelling. And it was fine. I enjoyed it once I told myself not to expect Star Trek The Next Generation. Right. So like I said, I just had to realign my expectations for the show. And after doing that, I really loved it. I personally do think the first season is the weakest of the series. Because in the later seasons, they definitely dive much more into uh, those things that are more classically uh, Star Trek, like the Prime Directive and it's and Starfleet's um, morality. uh, I guess is a good way to put it, and their their rules and whatnot.
1: Well, I think like we both felt that way when we were. Well, I was watching for the first time, and you were rewatching Next Gen which is the first season, it's kind of like, there's a couple good episodes in there, but you really have to kind of get through it. Yeah. And basically, it's just kind of get to know the characters. And you said um, this series, Discovery, takes place like way before Next Gen, right? Well, except when they...
0: Yeah, so so spoiler alert. The first season takes place uh, in like uh, the original series era. But even then, I, I'm not exactly sure what they're doing with timelines in this thing, because like... The Enterprise is there, but they're off on their five-year mission, which I believe is their reference to the original series. But it's not Captain Kirk. It's Captain Pike. So they're doing some weird things with multiple universes or different timelines or whatever, which isn't uncommon for Star Trek. Right. Um, but then they do do they do a time jump at the end of season two, I think. And it takes them, like, way into the future, way beyond next gen. Right. Right. But yeah, it's it's definitely a good show. I enjoy it. It is a little weird, uh, being such a fan of Next Generation and the way they structure their episodes and their seasons, where it's basically you know the uh, for lack of a better way to describe it, the monster of the week format, which is uh, here's our problem, we're solving it in forty five minutes, and we're moving on. Whereas Star Trek Discovery is we have this overarching uh, um, storyline for the whole season. Uh, so each episode is just building on that story. But okay. yeah, it's definitely a good show. I en- I'm enjoying it a lot. They are doing, I guess it's a spin-off series. I don't remember what it's called, but it's focusing on Captain Pike. Um, is it called Pike? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I would look it up, but you'd be able to hear my keyboard clicking pretty uh, distinctly. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I think that's all I watched on my own.
1: All right. So let's get into the things we watched together. Um, the Finale episode of Book of Boba Fett.
0: hmm
1: And I was so excited. Not surprised. <laughs> but so excited to see Grogu in that X-Wing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like we said uh, last time, I don't think anybody doubted which choice uh, Grogu was going to make. No. Um, so to actually talk about the, the episode, though.
1: <laughs> you... I just want to focus on the cute, superficial things.
0: <laughs> so I did jot down a few things while watching it. The very first thing is in the early minutes of the show, Boba Fett says, we are at war. And it's like, there should be a lot of weight in that statement. Yes. And I have felt zero tension leading up to that moment. There, I have not... there. It just never happened. There was no suspense, no tension, no wondering, no nothing leading up to that moment. And I feel like there should have been.
1: I feel like to have tension, you would have had to see like the other perspective more or just to have more conversations in general than, oh, this is what's happening. Oh, here's this. Okay, now we're at war.
0: Yeah, it just like, I don't know. It just it didn't mean anything when he said it to me i'm like okay no you're saying you're at war but i don't know why i don't know what that means for you in this scenario all all that conveys to me is that we're going to have a shootout right in this in the way they've set it up and everything like i still i don't understand boba fett's emotional uh connection and desire to what he's doing i i mean i get that like apparently he just wants to run things and start his own Bounty hunter thing and do it the right way on his rules or whatever. But why does he, why does that matter to him now? That's what I, I, I don't know what his emotional stake is in these events. And it loses so much based on that. If, if they gave Boba Fett an emotional stake and conveyed that to me as the viewer, I would be rooting for him so hard.
1: Yeah. I think we're both on the same page with that. It's like there's, we don't have anything to root for. Like obviously. Boba Fett is the title character. We're rooting for him. Mandalorian's on his side. He's got Grogu. He's got Finnick. You know, all the people that we already are invested in are firmly Team Boba. So we're Team Boba as well.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's another thing. Like, we don't, they don't spend enough time to let us, I don't feel like they convey well enough why everybody else is there. Like, the mod's. Which yeah. a lot of people hate. I totally get why they're there. That's where they live. They are invested in this place. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the Wookiee's name. I'm going to keep referring to him as Nubaka. Um, <laughs> apparently, he's just there because Boba Fett offered him a job. Right. Mando is there because Boba Fett asked him for his help, and we get M- Mando's character and understand why and understand why he's there. But he, but. Because of that, he doesn't necessarily have an emotional stake in what's happening. And that's fine because we know that he's there as a favor and he's committed to it regardless of having an emotional stake. Right. Um, It's a creed. Yeah. Fennec and Boba. Fennec's there because Boba says to be there, apparently. I don't know how much she believes in what he's doing. She's just, she believes in making sure he does it the right he does it right and succeeds. But.
1: Well, and I will say too, like, I don't know anything about her character. Other than the fact that I really like Ming-Na. But as we said last week. like I didn't watch the Clone Wars. I didn't watch Rebels. So I don't know that much about. I only know about her character. What we've been shown in these shows. And mm. I really like her. But part of that is because I really like the actress. I don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily. But I wish we did have a little bit more. Motivation on everybody's end. Um, I feel like. You know, we spent almost two episodes fully not with Boba Fett. I wonder, like, and I'm, don't get me wrong, those were two of my favorite episodes. But, like, could the book of Boba Fett have been better served to tell more of the story with Boba Fett Mm -hmm. and his motivations?
0: Yeah, as as wonderful as those two episodes were, I would trade them in a heartbeat for two episodes that tell me... Why I'm supposed to care. Tell me the story that is happening here. I want to know the story. And maybe I'm just being dense. And I'm not getting it. That's entirely possible. But at the end of the day... You know, maybe you got to placate to the dumb people. Counting myself as a dumb person that doesn't get it the way you have written it out. And I just... I don't... Like... There are moments where you kind of get the idea of what's going on and why Boba Fett's doing what he's doing, but they don't—they don't hang there at all. They don't let it stew. They don't elaborate on it whatsoever. A good—a good way to describe that, or a good way to uh, illustrate that, is uh, the showdown between Cad Bane and Boba Fett. There's a lot of things going on in that scene, and even as someone who watched the Clone Wars. I watched it years ago, so I don't remember all of their interactions and what happened between the two of them. But just watching it, you can tell that there's history there. I have no, I do not remember what that history is. I remember, if I, if I remember correctly, uh, Cad Bane uh, kind of puts Boba Fett through the ringer as a child. That's all I remember, and that's just that's kind of a guess.
1: Well, right, and like, um, I think of like I don't know the history at all, so I'm just. I'm a Star Wars fan. As I said last week, I don't, I know what I know about Cad Bane is from you. For me, I'm just like, there's this really kick-ass character that they introduced last episode. And then by the end of the finale episode, he's fucking dead.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And like, if their history, if the history between the two characters was explored in this show to bring it to the present. So you don't have to go find the episodes in Clone Wars and watch them. But if it's relayed in this series, that scene between them is gonna hit so much harder.
1: Well, right. And like I'm not always one that's like they have to explain every little speck of sand. You know, like I'm firmly team, like let the story speak for itself. But I also think like you do have to give your casual viewers something.
0: Yeah, give give you give someone like you the cliffs notes of what happened to so you're interested and then you go, I should go watch that.
1: Well, right, because, like, it's like with the MCU shows, Um, Hawkeye, for example. Okay, maybe you didn't watch the movies, but you're at a friend's house and they're like, let's watch this. Well, you immediately get that Hawkeye is a family guy. He's Mm -hmm. a superhero. He's in the MCU. He's part of the Avengers, but he's a family guy. You don't necessarily have to watch all the other stuff to get that. But for me, I'm just like, okay, so I know Cad Bane is a bounty hunter. And supposedly some bad shit went down with him and Boba Fett. I've also heard that some stuff happened between him and Finnick, but they never have any interaction between the two of them, which I thought was also a huge miss. I'm just... um,
0: We we want so much more from this show. We want another seven episodes is the thing, but we want it... We wanted the first season to be 14 so we can get all this information. I really
1: wish that they had taken Boba Fett and made it a show where you and I and maybe people that don't necessarily like Boba Fett could have walked away from that and been like, holy shit, Boba Fett is amazing. Boba Fett is everything that all of these other people have always thought mm -hmm. he was. And we didn't really get that
0: well and that and that's i think why it bugs me so much is because we didn't get it because they didn't give it to us like they what they gave us i enjoyed yeah but the thing what i don't like about the series and what makes me more on the side of the fence of not liking it than liking it is just that i i want more information i want to know more about what was going on mm-hmm. um but anyway, ultimately, I, I do enjoy it. I don't know if I'll ever rewatch it outside of the two Mandalorian episodes. Well, not even both of them. I think honestly, just the um, episode or chapter five that mm-hmm. was like a lot of focus on uh, Mando. Uh, but yeah. that's because I still think that um, their flashbacks to I, what do they call the night of a thousand tears, um, is just it's amazing.
1: It's beautifully shot. Um, before we stop talking about Boba Fett, we need to talk about.
0: Oh, I'm not done talking about Boba Fett because there are some great things that I want to bring up. Okay, and one, so, and one not so great thing.
1: Um, I will say that I another. I feel like we're like beating up on this show, and I want to be clear that like that's not the intention. We're not like we just wish some things had been better.
0: Yeah, we're not necessarily saying they did something wrong. We're no. saying for us, as we're watching it, we didn't feel like we got enough to really be invested.
1: Right. Well, like we both knew that Boba was going for the Rancor.
0: Yes. Um, I knew he was going to ride that Rancor at the end of this by the end of the season when uh, they introduced the Rancor, which was right, episode and, two. Like,
1: I realize again, it's one of those things we're told by Danny Trejo's character that the Rancor will imprint on Boba like his mom. Essentially, it's so Boba. Yeah, they, his mom. they
0: imprint on the first. He, I think Danny Trejo says the first human they see, but or the first thing they see the is what person, they said. Yeah.
1: I would have really liked a little bit more with Boba and the Rancor, to be honest.
0: Yeah, for for him, for the, just that one little piece, mm-hmm. and then we don't. I don't think we see the Rancor again until the last uh, episode.
1: I will say that part with uh, again Grogu <laughs> and the Rancor was so cute.
0: Oh, where he calmed him and then curled up next to him.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. It was just... Look, I love a cute moment. I love a cute character. I love a cute moment.
0: Uh, So a couple of things I want to bring up. One thing that I did not like about Cad Bane, and it could be me misremembering, but I don't remember him snarling that much in the Clone Wars. Ugh it was constant and i think the reason it bugged me is because it's such an outward performance to look scary and intimidating and the way i remember cad bane in uh the clone wars is he was very stoic about everything um he didn't need an outward performance to be intimidating because because he had he had big dick energy <laughs>
1: yeah he's he's a very intimidating presence like i got that the minute he showed his face i was like
0: I, mm-hmm. first of all i knew
1: who it was second of all i was like oh god this is not a guy you want to fuck
0: with mm-hmm. uh the the very good thing that i want to talk about cad bane on is so in the show uh cad bane's talking to the pike syndicate and the pike syndicate lets cad bane know that they killed the tribe of tuscan raiders that boba fett was with but, Oh, beautiful but moment. framed uh this uh, Nikto, uh Speeder uh speederbite gang. So Boba Fett went and killed the speederbite gang because also the speederbite gang was giving the Pike Syndicate some some beef. So cool on the Pike Syndicate. That's a great setup and everything. Um, and then we get to the point where uh Cad is sent to negotiate with Boba Fett um, about his surrender and whatnot and he just he just lets it drop. He's like oh by the way the Pike Syndicate killed your Tuscans, not the Nikto uh Speederbite gang. And it, the second he told him, I knew that it was for no other reason than to make Boba Fett emotional so mm-hmm. that he'll fuck up and maybe play his hand a little too early or, you know, just do something that would be out of his normal operating procedures because now he hasn't he's got him by the emotional balls. Yep. And it's just it's so Cad Bane and it's just it's so wonderful. I love the character so much. I totally understand why they had Boba Fett kill him. But in my brain, uh, Cadvane wins that fight 99 times out of 100.
1: So I did not connect this until just now. But, like, there was a, <laughs> there was a similar moment in Euphoria where Rue drops the... Um, how long have you been uh, sleeping with Nate, Cassie? In a very stoic way like just very much matter-of-factly like oh you're trying to fuck up my life watch me blow up your life you know um not so much on cad bane's and nothing's fucking his life up but when you were just explaining that moment to me it was very much like same energy like i'm just gonna say this (laughs) put the cards out on the table and let things fall
0: yeah so um I think that's all I got for Boba Fett. At the end of the day, we enjoyed it, but it left us wanting so much more.
1: So the last thing I wanted to say was um that last shot of Vanth in the back to tank. Oh yeah. That was uh, I'm glad he's
0: not dead. I like that character. Well,
1: you know, standard movie rules, you don't see the body, the character can always come back. Uh which I mean we did see the body, but we didn't see the body dead. Like Yeah. Fully dead, coffin buried, but even then, that doesn't mean anything. So maybe, I mean, hey, you never know. Maybe Cad Bane's not really dead. We'll see him again. Who maybe. knows? To be determined.
0: Okay, uh, moving on to Legends of Vox Legend, the Legend of Vox Machina.
1: Yes, uh, three more great episodes.
0: <laughs> yes, all three episodes top notch. Um, Grog. In all of the episode is just chef's kiss. Mm -hmm. He's wonderful. It's so he's so funny. And it's so uh, Travis, uh, Travis Willingham does his voice and watching him in like YouTube clips and watching the show. It's so him. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, it's funny because like as I'm watching it, even with like the limited experience with D and D that I have, I'm thinking like, oh, they missed the check. Oh, they made their check. Oh, they're using their, you know, their spells. Um, like when all of a sudden I can't remember what it was, but like they were one of the characters wasn't able to do something anymore. I was like, oh, they must have finished off their turn or something. You know, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's, they, they it's,
0: definitely use the game mechanics to influence how the story is told, but not, but making it very transparent.
1: Yeah, like if you never played D&D in your life, you could still watch this and enjoy it. It doesn't lose anything.
0: I guess key moments from the series, or from the episodes that we watched. Um, I distinctly remember, so uh, they're in Percy's hometown, Whitestone. Mm-hmm. And they need a distraction. And I distinctly remember this from the campaign when Scanlan goes to, I think it's Vedmeyer's place. I don't remember how specific these things line up. If it is Vedmeyer's house or if it's just some house. I don't remember exactly But Scanlan goes off and creates a distraction by burning down a house. And I distinctly remember that playing out in the game because it was a lot of chaos. And they relayed that to um, their series spectacularly. Yes. It's it's a great sequence of events. Um,
1: it is pure chaos. <laughs> yeah, and it it is just
0: somebody who Scanlan is on is on the on his heels the entire time. He never gets a, a sure footing to do anything that he wants to do in that uh, entire scenario.
1: Yeah, I really uh, I really like Scanlan's character. He's so funny.
0: <laughs> I was actually going to ask you when we were done talking about the episodes if you had favorite characters yet, but we can we can uh, come to that at the end okay so we don't sidetrack the conversation percy is still getting all of the character developed not all of it but definitely the focus is on percy yes he definitely campaign, has the main
1: character energy yeah for sure
0: um but purposefully because this storyline is very much about his history right um and he's good talus and jaffe does the voice of uh percy percival de rollo not doing all of his names and he's so wonderful he's doing such I mean all the voice cast is doing great but when the focus is on the character you're playing you really need to bring it and Tallison brings it every single line
1: yeah you're fully invested in everything he's saying which I mean you and I do watch a fair amount of animated series and like I feel like it takes something special To really be able to sell the story as well in animation as you would in like a live action series. And I think the entire voice cast... First of all, the entire voice cast has done anime voice before. But I really do think that even if you're not an animated show fan, it would be worth checking out for the talent of the voice cast alone.
0: Yeah, Talison. one of the things that I love so much about what he's doing with this character is... They they have Percy operating at entirely opposite ends of the spectrum. They have him in moments of levity and they have him in moments of absolute darkness and dread. And Taliesin sells both of those 100% believable um, as being that person.
1: I really want to know what's going on with his character. <laughs> like, I'm not letting well, it's you mostly, tell me. It's
0: mostly the smoke thing, right? The smoke,
1: right? the mask. I want to know. But I'm not letting you tell me spoilers. Do not tweet. Gmail, anything us, the spoilers, I might... I'm usually not picky about spoilers, but for some reason I'm like, I just want to see how this plays out on the show, and then if for some reason in the show they don't tell us, then I'm cool, like Joe can tell me. Um, but I'm just very interested. I'm also very skeptical of his sister, and I don't know if I'm supposed to be or not, but the fact that she's been living with that family uh. It just kinda makes me wonder.
0: But remember she was also an insider for the Rebels. She was feeding them information as well.
1: She could be a double agent. She could.
0: Um yeah, I'm I'm loving every second of the show. I can't wait for the last three episodes and I hate that it's the last three episodes. It's just it's so wonderful. It yeah. is everything that I want in an animated series.
1: Yes, it's it's great. I'm glad that I took a chance and went ahead and watched it now instead of waiting for the entire series to finish. I do love a binge, but I also really love like a week-to-week thing.
0: So, yeah, we've, we've actually started enjoying the week-to-week more than binging because it, give, it allows you to have a conversation about what you're watching. And it's nice not knowing sometimes.
1: Right, even if one of us does kind of know... But I, I do find that, you know, the anticipation of the show is exciting. You're like, oh, it's this day, this show. Even if the rest of my day fucking sucks, I have this to look forward to.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the confirmation of one of your ships?
1: <sighs> yes. Let's talk about the confirmation. Hold on. Let me get their names. Vax. And Keyleth? Yes. So I will say, the first thing I told Joe is I was like, hold on, pause. This seems weird because the voice actress of Keyleth is played by the DM's girlfriend.
0: At the time, I think it was Fiance. Fiance. It may not have been, I don't remember. And to me,
1: I just think of like that time that I played D&D with you guys and how it would have been weird if like my character hooked up with or was in a relationship with one of our people at the table?
0: Yeah, and I mean to get into a little gaming talk, it's something that you just you have to talk with the players and uh, anybody involved with that player about. Yeah, and you just you get the okay, and if you do, you do it respectfully. And if you if they say they're not okay with it, then you don't do it. Yes, but I was very
1: happy to see my ship. I was like, yes, okay. I, I love
0: the way that it happens too. They are in the middle of fighting a zombie horde. And Vax just looks to tequila and he's like, you know, I'm in love with you, right? And she's like, what? And then it hits her. The, the situation hits her. And she's like, why now? No, I love that because I have always thought that because this is
1: this is not an unknown mechanic in a show. You know, you're like, oh, they're fighting like, oh, by the way, I'm in love with you. Let's get married or whatever. And the other, the the girl, because typically it's the man confessing his love. And the girl was like, yes, let's. But in my head, I'm always like, in that moment, I'd be like, what (laughs) now? And the fact that she did that was just so good
0: to me. (laughs) So, yeah, if I remember correctly, in the actual campaign, it happened very similarly. Uh, When uh, Liam O'Brien, who does the voice of uh, Vax, uh, did it on the stream, I believe it was very similar situation And from the way I've heard uh, Matt Mercer talk about Liam and the way he plays, Liam purposefully said it in that moment just to throw a fucking wrench into everything (laughs) at the table, just to make uh, Marisha Ray, who plays uh, Keyleth, uh, just to make just to send her for a loop in the middle of whatever she was doing. Uh, And yeah, just because he Liam O'Brien seems like he enjoys the chaos. Right. Uh, But yeah, it was wonderful. Uh, it's a very improv hilarious. moment yeah uh it was hilarious uh grog has one of my favorite lines so far it's right after i think it's after percy gives his inspirational speech and he and everybody's like yeah let's get him and grog's just like let's kill fucking everything and he just <laughs> rages out and I, just, I love it it's so grog
1: great. rage yep <laughs> yeah it was it was great i'm really enjoying it like i said happy that joe convinced me to watch it
0: uh i'm glad you're enjoying it. it it's always no matter how much you know somebody will enjoy something when you push to, as hard as i was to for you to watch this show not that you weren't going to but to go ahead and do it early i'm sitting there i'm like oh god what if i hyped it too much what if she doesn't like it what if <laughs> she what if she realizes that i'm an idiot for liking this show <laughs> <laughs>
1: well like you've watched um the Critical World streams and I've been in and out like we've both been working from home since the beginning of the pandemic and well me since before but regardless and I would come out you'd be watching it and sometimes I would sit down and watch it for a couple of minutes I've always really enjoyed it I assumed that I would enjoy you know the animated series but I'm definitely glad that I watched it right away
0: with you yeah it's I'm glad you did too. It was a lot of fun. Um, so back to my question. Do yes. you have any standout characters yet? Like, obviously there are those that you're going to like for their entertainment value. But do you, like, do you have a favorite character yet?
1: I don't know. Like, I really like Scanlan. I think he's really funny. He provides, like, that comedic element uh, that I always really like in an ensemble cast. I tend to like a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um. Honestly, like, I don't feel like they're giving us enough Keyleth for me to really have much of an opinion. They've done little things with her here and there.
0: Uh, Yeah, with Keyleth, I think right now there's a lot of bread breadcrumbs being dropped about certain things that pay off later.
1: And the same with, like, Vex and Vax. Like, I-, I really love that moment between Vax and Keyleth. But as far as, like, them as characters, I know they're siblings. I know they're twins. We do have the, um, the book, the Vex and Vax yeah, book. Yeah, Kith and Ken. Yeah, the Kith and Kin book, which I'm kind of excited to read. I uh, still have only read the prologue because now I'm into reading other things, but I'm very interested now that I have like a frame of reference for the characters. I'm kind of excited to like read that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I really like Percy, but he's the main, to me, I was he's say that could be like character.
0: spotlight syndrome right now.
1: Yeah. Yep. Like, would I like him if he was not in the spotlight? I don't know. He's very mysterious, mm-hmm. but I but he is mysterious, you yeah. know, Um, I mean, it's not that he's mysterious and it's like making me angry because they're not telling us things. They're purposefully not telling us everything for the story. And that's fine, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Who's your favorite character? Grog. Grog. <laughs> I do like Grog. I love
0: Grog. He is he is 99 percent heart. And the rest of it is pure muscle.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. I was going to say, I misstepped by also not naming Grog. Um, and I also, what's the little girl? Pike. Pike. She's not I a little like... girl.
0: She's a gnome. She's okay, a full a grown adult. Full grown adult. <laughs> <laughs> no. I meant
1: like the little character, yeah. the gr- little gnome. Gnome.
0: gnome. Yes.
1: <laughs> I even have it written down gnome cleric.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Grog. There are some things that happen in the stream that I really hope they do with him as the show progresses. But like I said, he's he has all heart and muscle, zero brains. Yeah, and I love it because, like, I don't know, like he, the, especially the way they play him or Travis plays him and the way they wrote him. He is dumb. Um, he at one point in one of the up in the eighth episode, he's counting hits, and I think he says. Two, Two, three, eleven. And then he says all the letters as he swings again. Yes. And like, yes, that's purely there for comedic value. I'm pretty sure Travis said something very similar on stream just in the moment. But yet you can constantly see the true character of him. And it's just great. I love him. He's so much fun.
1: This this episode or these last episodes had a lot of heavy gore moments too, like that guy getting fully chopped in half.
0: (laughs) Uh yeah, Archie, Archibald.
1: That was gross and cool and sad all at the same time.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> and then there was the uh the shocking moment where um uh, Professor said Landis. I don't remember his name but uh Percy and Cassandra's tutor uh slit Cassandra's throat.
1: Yeah, that was crazy.
0: <laughs> and then like an episode over, which so if they didn't <laughs> drop 3 episodes at a time, could you imagine if that happened and you had to wait a week?
1: Oh my god. That would have been terrible. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, overall, I I can't say enough good things about this show. I love every second, every frame of it. It's beautiful. It's fun. It's funny. It's exciting. All, all of the adjectives.
1: I am very excited to watch the last three episodes of the season.
0: Yep. And sad. <laughs> uh, I think that's all we got for today.
1: I think so. I don't um, have anything
0: else in my uh, chicken stretch that I call notes
1: same um again if you guys have anything you want to talk or you want us to talk about uh suggestions
0: of things to watch
1: definitely we're always open to new things to watch
0: yeah just because you suggest it doesn't mean we'll watch it but we'll at least look at it to see if it interests us at all
1: or we might be like hey we watched that already here's what we think about it (laughs) because we have a pretty diverse watch list i think so i think that's gonna wrap it up
0: you want to hit him with the socials one more time?
1: Sure. Um, again, if you're interested in communicating with us, uh, you can do so at uh, Regularly Scheduled pod at gmail.com, on Instagram and TikTok at regularlyscheduledpod, on Twitter at pod, and Facebook at podcasts.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to us gush about the things that we love and ramble. Bye. Bye.